This election is a choice. This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial. What's really important, of course, is 12 us in a giant stress-free rifle. Please explain. You're listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. Hello election watchers, welcome to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast, where our newsroom breaks down what's happening in the election for May 19, 2022, just two full campaigning days away from the federal election. My name is Alexis Pink, I'm the news coordinator at 4ZZZ, and joining us today is the 4ZZZ newsroom. Hello, I'm Tim, I study journalism at science at UQ. Hi, I'm Miyuki, I also study journalism and science at UQ. Hi, I'm Catherine, and I'm journalism and arts at UQ. And on today's podcast, Albanese's last stand at the press club, Howard backs Steve's, and the Greens' demands for the balance of power. Let's start at the top. Catherine, what did Albanese talk about at the press club? Well, in a midday address to the National Press Club yesterday, Labour leader Anthony Albanese outlined plans, if elected, to cut community grant projects. Albanese said the goal of these reductions were to pay down Liberal debt and to deliver meaningful quality of life improvements for all Australians. The proposal cuts $350 million from the Community Development Grants Program and $400 million from the Regionalisation Fund, resulting in a net $750 million surplus. This comes following increasing pressure from Labor to release costings on its major policies in healthcare, childcare and job security, with the official costings expected to be released today. So, yeah, those costings are expected to release today. We won't see them until then, but there's some interesting tidbits in this press gallery speech. Like the cutting of those community development grants and the Regionalisation Fund to pay for things. Those grants have been quite hot topics during the last term of government. So um, why do you think he's gone after these things to pay for some of these more interesting policy areas? Well, yeah, so these funds are actually linked to pork barrelling, is it? To sort of to channeling funds towards marginalised seats in order to increase uh, you know, good favour for Liberals. The LNP is saying that the Labor Party is not prepared for government, that it's going to have big holes in its budget. What is the expectation for the Labor budgets over the next few years? What are Labor saying about it? A large part of that money um, was pretty much gifted to the Coalition or gifted to the Nationals last year to arrive at net zero. Um, so I think Labor sees a lot of that, that funding as either unnecessary um, or not going through proper scrutiny to get there in the first place. So I would say cutting, I think it's almost like $400 million from that $500 million fund would make a significant difference to, to Labor's plan to not balancing the bottom line, obviously, but at least making a dent in some of that debt. It does also contrast with some of the comments the Greens have been making about not going through with the stage three cuts to income tax cuts, which are mostly in the higher bracket of earners. $750 million isn't actually a lot of money. Are we expecting to see a lot more in the way of cuts to various programs as we go through with Labor's full costings today? Well, from, from what I understand, we, we're not expecting too many cuts to um, individual programs themselves or individual sectors. Labor has outlined that they would um, would be able to recoup a lot of that money through, I think they were planning a, a waste audit, especially lobbying groups and, and contractors within their own, their own funding themselves. But um, there hasn't been too much talk from Labor about cutting individual programs or... Let's move on to the next story. Tim, what's going on with John Howard and his continuation in this particular election? Uh, yesterday in the coalition seat of Warringah, John Howard joined controversial candidate Catherine Deves. He backed the candidate 
in and her views stating, I absolutely agree with her, and going on to say that most Australians agree with her as well. The comments have raised questions of how a new government, whether Liberal, Labor or a minority government, would tackle LGBTQIA issues that have dominated the campaign and the current parliament with its attempt to introduce a religious discrimination bill. Veteran campaigner for equality issues, Rodney Crome, uh, has warned that another term with the coalition government could provide the government with a mandate to roll back some of the existing protections in place, uh, but also suggested that a Labor, Labor government might not provide the swift and just reform um, that some of these groups have been looking for as well. We're now sorted up to the nitty-gritty of this. We've been talking about this all the way through the election, and John Howard jumping on this particular boat doesn't actually surprise anyone at this stage, I'm presuming. No, no, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. So let's talk about what our prospects are. Like, do we really think the Liberals are going to go a lot harder on LGBTIQ issues in the next term if they're re-elected? I, I would, I think so, definitely. I, I think if you do see a coalition win another term, they will feel like they have a, a bit of a mandate to go forward. I think you saw in this campaign especially, and I, I, I kind of thought the whole way through that Scott Morrison, the one thing he really did, want to back in or want to see change. Like Catherine Dees was a captain's pick and her views around women's sport and, and all the, the trans issues were very prevalent before that. So that was a captain's pick. That was clearly something that he has strong beliefs in. So I think going forward the next next term, they would really like to hit the ground running with anything in regards to that. Sort of a counter position to all of those moderate liberals who walked away from that yeah. particular bill. Almost gives them uh, reassurance that their view is, is right, I think, at that another term. So according to Coombe in his story, he did say that he's not he's not expecting a lot from a Labour government either. I guess, yeah, Labour has a fairly sort of centrist view on it and quite a reserved approach to LGBTQ issues. And so you wouldn't expect to see broad sweeping changes like you might see with a, a more radical party, so to speak, such as the Greens. But I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. Because slow sort of steps towards this more normalisation of, you know, LGBT issues and LGBT people is actually what you would probably want to see to actually make, like, long-standing improvements in society. Fair enough. And it is a similar to approach to the one that, say, Anastasia Palaszczuk here in Queensland has been approaching as well. Usually about one sort of major change per term. Yeah, small steps. Okay, we'll quickly talk about a mixed government. So he is more hopeful if there's a mixed government. Rodney Coombe said he has a high expectation of a mixed government if it were to come into play. What did he say about that and what are your thoughts on it? Um, so he was saying that a minority government would most likely be look like a Labour and Greens government. Um, and that naturally would be a more progressive and uh, progressive government that would lead to some, some reform in the, the form of LGBT uh, protections and, and some legislation. I think that I think the possibility of a minority government, is, I don't think, is something we're going to see personally. But I would think that scenario, if if, uh, if a minority government is formed, that would be high on the agenda of, of a Greens-led uh, minority government. All right. Speaking about the agenda of a Greens government, we should probably go on to our last story, Miyuki. Yeah, so on Monday night, um, Greens leader Adam Bant put forward a balance of power wish list for negotiations with Labor in the event of minority parliament. So the seven-point shortlist included no new gas and coal, dental and mental health into Medicare, 100 million new affordable homes built and increased renter rights, free childcare, wiping student debt, listing income support, 
and progress on all elements of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. So the cost of the demands is about $173 billion over four years, and the Greens' revenue proposal focuses on taxing billionaires and big corporations. Labor's been pretty clear that it doesn't want to do a deal with the Greens. Do you think a deal that includes no new coal and gas and wiping student debt, is it going to be very appealing to Labor, considering they don't want to go into a coalition and they've already said they don't want to do either of those things? Yeah, I do think it's really interesting. I feel like this whole kind of election, Labor's kind of been trying to distance itself from the Greens when um, looking like a dream shortlist for me. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out for sure. Oh, I'd say this kind of shortlist is uh, why we have the term moonshot, perhaps. Um, Yeah, just see what we can get through. Do you think the Greens would be so sort of uh, reticent that they may just hold on to all of those things and force us back to an election? Or are they going to be forced to negotiate on those things? I think you've got to have a a goal, you know, a reach for the stars goal. Um, Obviously, no government wants to be in a minority government, for starters. Everyone wants to win outright. And the, the Greens would understand that. So I, I have a feeling they would have to make compromises and I would think they'd be pretty happy to do so as long as some of the agenda gets passed. I think it's interesting that Greens are probably the only party that are constantly talking about housing affordability and renting affordability, um, not just uh, measures to allow people to either buy a house or rent a house, but actually just increasing the supply of houses, which is something we haven't really seen from Labor or Liberal, but you would think would be the most obvious way to reduce housing and renting pressure in the market. That's all the time we've got for today. Thank you for listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM, on DAB Plus Digital Radio, via the 4ZZZ website or on your favourite podcasting app. If you have a tip-off or feedback about the show, please email us, newsroom at 4ZZZ.org.au. And if you'd like to support this and many things we do on 4ZZZ, go to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support and subscribe or donate today. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Bye.